This is Deb Jones. Oh, thanks so much for tuning in to Deb Jones Talking Shop with Women in the Biz. Uh, so today's guest uh, is a real mover, real shaker. Uh, today's guest, uh, her name's Melissa Hellman. Uh, she's a talented actress and an award-winning producer. Uh, you know, what can I say? Uh, she has good genes. <laughs> Uh, her father is a uh, filmmaker, Monty Hellman. You know, you might have seen films of his, uh, such as Two Lane Blacktop, uh, Road to Nowhere, uh, also executive producer of small films like, I don't know, Reservoir Dogs? <laughs> this girl has some projects uh, coming up, some films that she's producing uh, that are so exciting and so cool, uh, and I can't wait for her to, to share them with you. Uh, I, I can only hope, personally, that she, she hires me on set as a script supervisor. Just kidding, Melissa. Uh, no pressure. <laughs> but, but I had so much fun, and you know, I can't wait for you guys to hear what we recorded earlier. So today, I'm super excited. <laughs> uh, we have a very special guest. Uh, she's a producer. She's an actress. Uh, we have Melissa Hellman here. But I also, before we do that, uh, thank you. I, we need to mention, we have Janine. We, we have, have an audience member today. Uh, we have we have Janine. Uh, so who is who is Melissa's? Uh, I don't know. Would you say roommate? roommate? <laughs> okay. So Melissa. Uh, yes, so you come from your your family is in showbiz. Uh, you you're a producer, an actress. Would you mind telling us a little bit about uh, your your father? He's uh, Monty Hellman, the famous uh, director. Um, I was born into my father's career. Literally born into their, his career. Okay. <laughs> right. He was married to a um, beautiful actress, dancer at the time, uh, Jacqueline Hellman. And I was born, and literally six months later, they were in the Philippines making my father's first, well, actually his second film, but his second two films with Jack Nicholson. Wow. What's, what's the title? They were uh, the Flight film? to Fury and Backdoor to Hell. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's, you, that's you, quite a title. You laugh. You make me laugh. I'm sorry. But I'm okay, always, it is okay to laugh. You have to understand. Yeah. I'm always going to laugh with you. Uh-oh. You make me laugh. Okay? Both starring Jack Nicholson. And one of them had a little uh, part. My mother was in one of, in Flight to Fury. And she and Jack Nicholson had this beautiful uh, existential dialogue in a plane before the plane goes down. And, you know, I get to watch this movie over and over again you know with <laughs> my mother and Jack and then my mother dies of course in the first 30 seconds of the film but I was you know I was two, I was six months old it's can, fine can we see this film anywhere I wish I had seen it before oh, the interview of course you should have seen all the films these are very I, I know I should have seen these this I know I, excuse me I sort of had to squeeze you in well, last I minute I mean I was so happy to get you that I was like oh better take her while I can listen uh, I I always think I'm the most famous one in the family but it's not true. It's, not true. it's Jack Nicholson. It's Jack Nicholson because isn't he your? He's kind of like well, I call him my godfather because he was the second man to ever hold me as an infant. Where was the doctor? <laughs> Who knows? He was in the desert. I don't know. Literally born into the business. Yeah. It wasn't the doctor that caught you as an entertainment lawyer. <laughs> yeah, she makes me laugh. She makes. I love you, Deb. I oh. love you. Well, I, you I know, I love you, you too. from the moment I met you. In fact, mo- I liked you from the moment I met you. No, I you. No, 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 I absolutely no, did. No, I'm like this. This this chick is super cool. I heard that you were an actress. So definitely, you know, I even spoke to Jody about possibly getting you <laughs> on set. Still could happen. It but, could happen. So your father, 
Uh, was your father ever an actor? He was always a director. Uh, was your father involved in the, the class that Martin Landau... Yes, he was, he was an actor in Marty Landau's class, as well as every big actor in the world uh, at the time. I mean, you name every single actor that oh, was Oh, Jack Nicholson? Jack and everybody. I mean, you got uh, Robert De Niro. You had, and, and Marty was, had, had this a method class. And they all met, and they all became friends, and that's who I... Was Ben Gazar in the picture? Just like he popped into my mind. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we can just cut that out. Yeah, let's cut that one out. Uh, I mean, it was just every single person that you could think of. Uh, so how did your father become a... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. He, he was an actor. He had an undergrad theater group. He was in, you know, then he went to film school afterwards, but he had a theater group in, you know, that he had... Uh, Carol Burnett and a lot of other incredible actors and he produced um, Waiting for Godot that was very received and well, you know, he got huge reviews on that. He he was an actor and also then started directing and he I think he felt that he always says to me that he think he thought he was too self-conscious as an actor and if he couldn't lose himself, he couldn't get out of his own head that he wouldn't be a good actor. And so he always looks for actors that are not self-conscious. He wants actors to just be very in the moment and real and natural. And that's his style. And I respect it. And I really actually think it's a really cool thing to emulate. Was Al Pacino around? Al Pacino was there. So where was Stras- Strasburg? was around. He was, uh, had his own class. Um, uh, Meisner was in New York. And Strasburg, I think, came to L.A. And then there was um, then his... Stella his Adler around? Adler was in L.A. So they were all... You know, they had their different factions, you know. Yeah, but they all, um, they all believed uh, very different things. <laughs> <laughs> and your mother, your mother was in that class too, yeah. right? She had, she had come from New Orleans. She'd gone, she'd, she was a prima ballerina. She had gone to New York. She'd gone to Dallas. And then come to um, L.A. And met my dad in this class. So. Wow, that's pretty cool. Um, why don't we start? I mean, I guess this wasn't work for you as a producer, but why don't we talk about Tulane Blacktop? Why? Well, well, wow. <laughs> well, you, we're talking about your involvement. <laughs> well, Tulane Blacktop. Well, uh, were you not in that? I was in Tulane Blacktop. Okay, there that we have it. Why, that was my. That was why I brought it up. <laughs> that was my my debut as an actor. I was uh, seven. It, it kind of started a really, it's a really interesting habit of my father putting me in films in little parts, you know, when I wanted, obviously, to be have bigger parts. That was my first part, and it was lovely, and uh, I have a story about that. It's kind of amazing. It was an amazing film, because it was, it had all of the hu- biggest music stars of the day in this film. He had James Taylor starring in it. He had, James Taylor has, had never done a film and has never done a film since. And James has never seen the film. He's actually quite... What, to this day? Not, you know, he refuses to see it. He refuses to see it. He right, James. I was, um, well, he, thank he, you, too. <laughs> thank you. And whatever. <laughs> yeah. But he was lovely. He was amazing. We had um, Dennis Wilson, who was in The Beach Boys. <laughs> he, was, he was a cutie. And at the time, James Taylor was dating Joni Mitchell. So we shot this film. It was a road movie and it, it was shot in a sequence from LA all the way almost to New York and every night we would stop at a hotel and everybody would obviously 
be in their rooms and Joni was with James every night and they would be in their room and they would be jamming. I was in the presence of Joni Mitchell and James Taylor and Dennis Wilson jamming their asses off, just free flowing every night in a hotel room. I was seven years old. Like I knew it was great. I, I couldn't conceive of it, but I knew it was amazing. So the day comes to do my big, my big part. You know, I've got to go to the graveyard. My parents have died in a car accident. My grandmother's with me. We're hitchhiking. We get picked up by Warren Oates. And, you know, we get dropped off at the graveyard. I get woken up at four in the morning. I get taken to the wardrobe. They're putting my costume on. And I forgot to bring my underwear. I was in my pajamas. I'm seven. I'm the size of a peanut. I say, I'm not going on screen without underwear. They're like, no, 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 it's okay. Your, your dress will cover you. No, no, I'm not going on screen without my underwear. I refuse. I'm not going to do it. So Catherine Squire, who plays my grandmother, she says, I'm going to give you my underwear. Her underwear were the size of, I, I'm trying. Wait, the underwear that she was wearing that, no, that no, no, day? No, okay, had, all right. No, Thank no, God. No, no, she has. She, I just wanted to clear that says, for the I'm audience. Gonna, in case I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you something to cover you. Well, her underwear were the size of my entire body. So now I'm okay to do the scene. All right. So literally I'm wearing Catherine Squire's gigantic grandma <laughs> underwears underneath this little tiny baby little sundress as we get picked up on the street and dropped off in this graveyard. Uh, how many takes did that take you? <laughs> you have no idea. I have no idea. Oh, I, I thought it was going to be the whole one yeah, take thing. The one take thing? It, it was, and I'm going to tell you why it was the one take thing. Because my father said to me, whatever you do, don't look at the camera and something else. I can't remember. And all I could remember was, it was the first take, camera rolling, action. And I was like so nervous. I didn't want to look at the camera. And I put my hair behind my ears because i that's what I used to do as a kid. I used to just do this, like both my, you know, it was a habit. It was a nervous habit. I put my hair behind my ears and then realized I had done something wrong and I put the hair back. I did this to my hair to, to pat it down. It was the first take. We did it, I don't know, maybe 30 more times. And I remember saying to myself, please, Dad, please don't use that take. Because I thought it was a mistake, you know, because I was in the moment. And I was like, of course he used that take. It was the first take. <laughs> Is there a reason why he, he just liked the take? Because my father loves spontaneity. He loves things that happen that are accidents. In his mind, it was this child preparing herself to go to the graveyard. It was, was probably very natural. It was, it was probably <laughs> the best acting you could have done. No, seriously. If you said your father liked spontaneity, was there a script for Tulane Blacktop? <laughs> yes. Or was there no, or was there sort of like, oh, we're going to follow this, but there was no dialogue? No, no. no, no. There was a script. Please confirm or no, deny. No, no, no. There was a script. There was a, definitely a script for Charlie Blacktop. <laughs> what he decided to do was shoot it in sequence because he wanted it to be a surprise for the actors every day. He wouldn't let them read the script. Okay, so that's what basically, it was. they could only read the script the day of the scene that they were shooting. So they never knew what was going to happen from day to day. So that was his way of keeping it in the moment. <laughs> yeah. Very little lines in this film. Oh, yeah. yeah that, that is true. There's, There's not a lot of, a lot of dialogue. No. 
Your father got, uh, you know, tons of recognition for that film, you know. <laughs> oh. now, I had to get rid of my VHS collection, but I did have it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and Criterion did a, you know, a, a series, and we did the back, the, the behind the scenes, and we actually retraced, my father and I actually produced the behind the scenes, and we retra- retraced shooting, you know, Tooling Blacktop, and I actually helped him do that, and we com- and we did some commentaries and behind the scenes. He's such a sly dog. He actually... I was producing this for him, and we were retracing the steps, and he actually had me, I don't know how he does it, he's actually really good. He had me sit down, and I was telling my story about my experience in the film, and he actually edited James at one point sitting on the grass, and a train goes by, and, and James looks to the side and listens to the train and looks back, and my dad goes, okay, sit down on the grass, tell me your story. He goes, now look to the side. And come look back to me. He literally edited it exactly like it was James Taylor. So he went back to back, me telling a story about James. And he had me and James doing the exact same position without me knowing it. He's brilliant. Wow, that, that's amazing. I mean, and the train went by at the exact same time oh, as in the film. Now, 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 should this be the part where we talk about having good genes? <laughs> For our audience uh, that that does not know this story, uh, I mean, are you willing to tell the Gene story? story? Yeah, the Gene story. Uh, you know, I it was it was memorable because <laughs> I, I remembered I, it. You know, I I came from a broken home. My parents divorced, and they had battles, custody battles. You know, as parents are known to do, and they used their kids to you know hurt each other. I'm trying to be polite. Um, it was horrible. It was awful. No, it, no, it's not horrible. It was the worst thing I've ever gone through in my life. Anyway, so finally, you know, at at one point, I just turned to my mother because she was, seemed to be in so much pain, and I said, "Mom, why, why? If you there's so much, like, why did you marry my dad? And if you have all of this anger and you have all this hatred, and why did you do this?" And she said, "Look." dead in my face and she said well he had good genes which I, uh, she, she was not wrong <laughs> well I, I'm thankful Absolutely, I certainly, I certainly think so. I mean, I met your father. I think he's, uh, you know, seemed to be a very nice guy. He's a handsome man. Yeah, very. He's, he's a handsome, handsome man. man. He's got good genes. She was right. He has good genes. Yeah. Listen, I'm gonna. I'm. I don't want to. You know, I know she was in love with my father. I know she, they had a lovely time before things got bad. They made some amazing work together. That was the main thing. Do you, would you mind saying the names of those films again? Let's just, do it again. Just because, yeah. Okay. Uh, my father's first film was The Terror with Jack Nicholson. I think that was Jack's first film. I'm not positive. They then went on to do, uh, they partnered up. They did Backdoor to Hell and Flight to Fury. And then they partnered up with um, Roger Corman and did The Shooting and Ride, the, Ride in the Whirlwind. And... Then my father did Tulane Blacktop on his own with James Taylor. And uh, didn't, isn't your father also executive producer for Reservoir Dogs? I mean, I guess that's a little bit down the road, but I, I don't think a lot of people know that. No, people probably don't know that. I'm going to tell you the story about that. Quentin came to my dad to direct Reservoir Dogs, and he had written this, this film, and he was trying to get this produced. And 
my father was helping him put the project together and at, at a certain point he just felt like it was his movie and he wanted to help him make it and he thought that actually he should direct it so he decided to champion Quentin to make to make this film for him with hopes that Quentin would then help him make what my father wanted to make his his you know his uh, passion project at the time so he put all of his energy into getting Quentin to make this film he brought Harvey Keitel into the project they got the film financed and he convinced um, Miramax to basically finance it and produce it and get Quentin as director so so, so we know who uh, Tarantino's in debt to. <laughs> he's paid. He's. He, they know. They know. I'm just. I'm just they joking. Know. I'm just. They've. Kidding. They've. He's been. He, they've been really good to each other. So. And so cool that he took a chance on someone. And I guess that turned out pretty well. <laughs> it doesn't always. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, I mean, my background, you know, is in scripts and being a script supervisor. <laughs> Uh, you know, but there was, like, I worked on quite a few when I was starting out. You know, a lot of, there was a lot of stuff that, you know, uh, you know, it's like, where are they? You know, well, you know um, sometimes you do, sometimes you do stuff, right? You know, I mean, we've done, we've done things. We've done things for, you know, trying to make it, trying to meet people. Yeah, abs- absolutely. To- <laughs> absolutely. It's not, and you know, it's, it's part of a, you know, a learning process. You know what I mean? You know, I think that any artist that says, uh, no, I think I got this. Uh, there's nothing more for me to learn. Uh, uh, excuse me? Uh, I think all of our favorite artists are our favorite because they're constantly growing and changing. <laughs> I mean, look at Madonna. <laughs> God, no, look at Cher. I yeah, she's uh, yeah. she's always she was always so sweet to me. <laughs> no, no, she's incredible. But at at 70, 70, 71, looking thirty five, I'm you know I gotta say, um, yeah, talk point. about turn back time. Yeah, well, you know that's, that's a pretty good point. Tell us about um, the film that you produced with your with your father. Dad. Yeah, that was your the first one. feature that you produced, isn't that? Yes. It was the first. Uh, tell us the title of that. Road to Nowhere. A starring. Starring, Shannon Sossaman, Ty Runyon, Waylon Payne, and a slew of many others. It was a, a project that my dad's best friend wrote, who was also our producer, and he's our writer, obviously, on the project. And when I read the script, it was loosely based on my father, and I just thought it was fantastic. So I decided I was gonna make this movie for my dad. I'd never produced it before. I'd done everything else, everything possibly you could do in production other than actually being the producer. And I just thought, and I had been, you know, raising money for my dad since, you know, since I was 17. I've been always trying to raise money for him. I had no idea. I just basically said, this is, I'm going to make this movie. And six years goes by and, you know, making an independent film is impossible. (laughs) And I had people, you know, working with me, trying to find money. And this one woman who was actually by, you know, by my side every day trying to help me. And she was involved with a lot of, you know, different celebrities and trying to raise money. Uh, unbeknownst to her, her best friend slips and falls in the bathtub and leaves her a fortune. This is the real script. This is the real <laughs> movie. And she turns to me and she goes, oh my God, I'm now a billionaire or a millionaire, whatever, how many, whatever money she had at the moment. And she goes, I'm going to make your movie. And she 
turns to me and gives me the money to make this movie. So I give it to my father. After six years of trying to make, I say, here you go. Here's your money. Have fun making your little movie. I'm going to Hawaii. I've worked my ass off. I'm tired. I already bought my tickets. I'm gone. And he goes, oh, <laughs> that's funny. You're not going anywhere. I said, what do you mean? He goes, oh, no, 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 you're producing my movie. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> what? I proceeded to cry for like 20, 48 hours. And I came back around and learned, I took the, the manual. It's, there's a, you didn't know there's a manual for producing. It's, you know, you, I read that in two days. Oh, and I, of course. Not. Yeah. And <laughs> the, one, the one on the Amazon's yeah, bestseller. The producing manual. Yeah. And uh, so we started making this movie and was making it. And everyone who came on board, they looked at me and they were just like, there's no freaking way that you're going to make this. And they were so fascinated by it that they wanted to see the train wreck that I just kept gathering people who wanted to see how the I was going to make this movie. And then by somehow, I made this movie. I pulled it together piece by piece, you know, with people like teaching me. And, I, I, and basically, like, them would come and try to be like, oh, I'm going to tell you how to do this. And in one second, I'm like, I'm, I've surpassed them. I'm like, no, shut up. Now I've got this. And I just moved on. And I was able to basically take the film to North Carolina, then to Europe, and then into, you know, post-production, and then to... The Venice Film Festival, and we won the Golden Lion. Wow, this what? is pretty crazy. What? <laughs> I mean, uh, what was the thing about the film that uh, that was most important to you, uh, or why did you feel that this story needed to be told? Because it was loosely based on your father, or uh, was there more to it? It was. It had enough humor and mystery and intelligence in the writing. I respected Steve Gato so much for the script and he brought in enough mystery and enough um, references to the world and brought in enough of my dad and I just thought this was just the perfect film for him. It was, and it was a film within a film within a film and it was existential and it was mystery and it was all the things, you know, and it was, you know, it had humor and it had... Um, just enough of the unknown, just enough of the unknown that made that interested me, and it would whatever it was going to be, and it, it turned out in the end, we, no one knew it was going to be because it. I had an idea what it was, my dad had an idea what it was. Of course, Steve had an idea because he wrote it, but ultimately, it was the editor's movie. <laughs> so, you know, Celine, our our editor came in and edited this film and my father gave her this this creative uh, you know license to come in and do it and she came in and put a whole other spin on it and so it ended up being even more surprising than we could have ever thought now i've heard this said again and again and again <laughs> you know there's the film that you write there's the film that you shoot and then there's the film that you edit you know Listen, i think it's i think we should be editors because they are really in control. That's it. That is That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't care what we shoot. 
Yeah. It's all about the editing. You know, as a script supervisor, I work pretty closely <laughs> with the editors, you know. I dabbled in Final Cut Pro myself, you know, never took it, you know, to the next level, you know, but I can make a cute little montage video, you know, cute little video of the dogs, piece it together to some Cat Stevens, you know, <laughs> head off into the sunset. Oh, Deb. Sorry, is it too much? Is no, too I love much? it. I love it. It's not enough. <laughs> No, 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 your father directing it, uh, you know, the film, uh, the script being loosely based on him or one of the characters in it, uh, just, did you think that would get in the way of his vision or did he just, I mean, because your father's like, he's a genius, right? He's sort of like, yeah, yeah, he's like, uh, no, it doesn't, no, because he, he removed himself in that sense. He doesn't, he didn't think of it that way at all. Or maybe, you know, maybe he does. I don't know what he thinks. I don't really care. I just know that he knows. All I, listen, all I know, and this is all I cared about as a producer, and this is what was the best part about working with my father, is that I respect him, I trust him, and I wasn't going to get in his way. And I was going to be the best producer he's ever had, meaning like, whatever you want, you get. And no director ever gets told that. So that was my goal, to give him on his 80th birthday when we made this film, we started principal photography on the day of his 80th birthday. And I said, that's what I'm going to do for him. And I made, he didn't know there was any problems ever. I just gave him the, the first time ever a film where he had everything. He had lights, he had cameras, he had, he had grips, he had gaffers. You know, he's used to being in the, you know, in the trenches. Okay. He's used to making films for $75,000. Yeah. Okay. I gave him a million dollars. He was like, woo, you know, his party. So... I are you allowed to I say how much it cost? No, I'm not. I'm not. Okay. Right. So we'll I brought. No, I'm not. Yeah. Okay. So it was more than that. Yeah. But I brought him to Europe, and he didn't even know that we had run out of money. I was still, I was still, you know. You my, ran out of money during the oh shoot. My God, yes. <gasps> no, my personal account got screwed up and got used by accident, and my producer, who was in LA, and I'm in Europe trying to keep this thing going, and I'm like, I shifted money around to cover some bills I had and <laughs> how did that happen what do you mean like we ran out of money y- yeah we ran out of money I already I purchased the tickets to Europe before we left for North Carolina smart I'm a good producer yeah, yeah, smart <laughs> so now I knew no matter what happens we're going to Europe I don't know how we're getting back but I'm gonna get us there no I'm okay. kidding I'm kidding no I had tickets there and back I just didn't know a lot of things in between so I had r- worked out my own finances so somehow I get to Rome. We're starting our first shot with our with our leads in Rome, and my my producer calls me and she goes, "Oh, you know our our lead actor missed his flight. <laughs> we have one day to shoot the scene. He misses his flight. He thought it was 1,600 hours. He thought that was six o'clock. Okay, so she calls me, literally waiting for him, and we have one. I mean, we're like down to the wire. We have days to finish it and get home and get out." And I have no money to feed people or house people. I'm like literally like using my mon- my own money and pulling from my own account. And I, I shifted money from my own bills. She goes, um, I, I need you to sit down. Are you sitting down? I said, yes, I'm, I'm sitting down. She goes, are there any sharp objects in your room? I said, no. She goes, Ty missed his flight. And I had to use your credit card to get him there. Like she booked a brand new flight on, with my personal credit card, which means all of my bills bounced like all of my car you know my house my car my that i (laughs) (laughs) after like i had already been working on fumes 
and I'm working my own life because I had not I had no money myself, and then literally had make it made it so like I had could pay my bills to get home in a week, and then she just used the the money that I had to do that to get him to get to me overnight. Oh my god! I wished I had a sharp object. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> got yeah. him there. We got the film made. Got everybody home. It was great. That's Hollywood, baby. <laughs> <laughs> And my dad goes, I didn't even know there was any problems. This is what I love. This is what I wanted to do for him. I managed to do it. I lost everything. I went bankrupt. <laughs> lost my home. Lost all my cars. Lost all my properties. Quentin bailed my dad out. Bought his house. He's my dad's fine. I'm on the street. We're all good. Well, you're not on the street now. No, 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 no. no, no. I pulled myself out of that. I got, I got back. And the film ended up like you know doing well. No, it did right? really well. It did really well. It got on so many like uh, best films of the decade, best films of the world, the best eighty films of the you know universe. Uh, what do you think is the most challenging thing uh, you know to be about being a producer? I think the most challenging thing is to be an island, is to be the independent, to be here all alone. It's a rock and a hard place. Okay, you, you're like in this no man's land where you're trying to be support these artistic endeavors that don't have any backing, don't have any actors, and you're trying to find a way to bring these pieces of art to life. And for me, I have to love a project. I have to feel really, really passionately about it because it takes years the next project I've been doing with my father is it actually was involved with it before Road to Nowhere. So now it's almost going on 15 years. Uh, but what do you say that you think is so important uh, about art and what has it done for you? I, I guess everybody has their own um, outlet, you know, artistic outlet. I, I, I assume. I can't imagine anybody for, for me i have a motorcycle i work on <laughs> I want, listen I, I envy you that's perfect uh that would do it for me but it wouldn't which is why you've been working on projects for 15 years <laughs> touche um <laughs> and and my brother will, won't let me get one <laughs> so you've actually had this well i want one yes does he have one no but they just say i used to have one they said no you're not going to get you know a motorcycle you know i have to. to agree with him i think that that would be a bad idea yeah. i've been riding for you know the past 27 years you know i haven't had a problem yet but i would have to say that you know i am lucky. unique i am lucky you've been lucky you know if that's how i have to go you know, oh, well, see, that's that, how i have to go i, I mean, say that too and my brother says you're not going to do it i i respect that well, because a motorcycle to me is not what it is for you. So for me, it would be, for you, it would just be like, oh, well, what was she even doing on that? You know, it was unfortunate. And yeah, we could have told her that it's she like, was going to fall off the bike <laughs> off of Mulholland Drive or off of Laurel Canyon. Yeah, we could have, we could have told you that that, you know, no one had to hire a psychic to, to get that reading. <laughs> and you're not passionate about it. Yeah. So it's like, what's the point? Yeah, yeah but anyway, but, but I obviously, um, Back to art. Back to art. What does it mean to you? I think that I'm lucky enough to have found something that lets me not only see the world in a different way, but also be able to see myself in a different way. And it, film is, like, I don't care what I'm watching. And people are always amazed at me that I get so transfixed in the stupidest things or the, or the most complex things because I see it. And I'm able to see it not only in the, in the makings of the film, in all the, you know, the machinery of it,
but then I get to look at the also the acting and then I get to look at the production and I get to see it in so many on so many levels my brain explodes and it is so interested and it's so hard to explain why and what makes it happen but when it does it it's the best feeling in the world it's the best drug in the world and, and I just hope to you know change the world in my little tiny little way well there you have it you are a deep thinker. <laughs> that's that's worth, you know, putting 15 years, you know, into a, or 20 or the rest of your life behind something. <laughs> I have, I annoy so many people watching movies. I seriously do because I'm like I get so into the the smallest weirdest details. But it is also for me um, my my learning canvas it's my it's my point where i learn i remember we had movie night at your house we ordered a few pizzas and you know we were watching the film that we were watching and i was like oh my god melissa and uh, how are you getting so much out of this you know this is i'm missing all of that i mean i never knew that police academy six <laughs> was gonna be like i totally missed that <laughs> Now I see. You know, if I if laughter could fill up the entire interview, you you make me laugh you since me the laugh. beginning of time. Oh come on! I, I used to make the dinosaurs laugh. No, Did dinosaurs no. even exist? <laughs> Why don't we ask Trump about that? <laughs> okay, I'm glad that we cleared that up. Uh, let's see what else. What, 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 what yes. have we not covered? Uh, so, uh, what's next? Is it those two projects that you mentioned? We actually were approached. I was at a lunch the other day with um, Roger Corman and my dad, and they they screened Roger Corman's film. My father edited this film, so we were invited to come watch the the screening. The screening because they had redone it. They had re. Re- remastered yes remastered it to be able to put it into the, the vaults to store it for life and it was bruce dern is in it and diane ladd is in it as a, like she's 20 she's beautiful being there in this thin- cinema with roger and my dad and my dad got his start in film with roger corman and roger corman produced all of my father's first films and like and they're acting like yeah well, you know I'm like guys, this is this is fantastic. Don't you understand? Like you all are, you're 90, and you're like you're sitting at this table together, and you got each, you know, you started each other's careers, and wow, it was beautiful. So cool. Now, did you have any questions for them that you asked? <laughs> I actually said, asked my dad. I said, hey, dad, you think that I can, you know, as a producer, I'm like, hey, can I get you guys to do another film together? Of course, my dad's like, mm, no, 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 <laughs> no, no. And I was like, okay. So I, you know, I'm talking to Roger and Roger being the bigger person in the entire table says to me, so, so what are you up to, Leslie? <laughs> and I said, it's Melissa. <laughs> and I was like, and there you have it. <laughs> actually, I didn't actually correct him. Trust me. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what my name is. It's Roger Corman. <laughs> he knows me as Monty's daughter. I don't care. But the, no, the cutest part about it was he actually asked me what I was doing in my life and what my projects were. And that made my life because I was there to try to make a deal. And he actually was just really just asking me, you know, what was going on in my life. And I had the most amazing opportunity, which I don't even understand how it came about because a few months ago, I found a script 
in a in a pile of scripts that my mother have, had has written had written, and she's passed. She's passed uh, twenty five years ago, and my company, my my production company, we were going through these scripts, and we were like, oh, these are pretty good, and. And my produ- producing partner was like one of these. She just loved the script. She's like, I kind of like the script. And I was like, I kind of like it too. And she showed it to her sister, who's a writer and a director and a DP. And also, we're all partners now. We have a production company together. And they said, we want to kind of revamp this. And it was, it was uh, dated 1968. And it was in, uh, t- entitled a certain name. And I kind of, you know, I said, okay, we want to we want to make this we want to make this film. So I go to my father and I say, dad, you remember this movie? And he goes, Oh my God, that's the movie. I actually, I, that was the movie that got me my director's guild card. I was hired to direct this film. We got on the set and the film was canceled, but he still got his director's guild card. So, it was 1968. It was a black and white issue. It was racial. Martin Luther King had just been killed. Roger apparently thought it best to cancel the film. But my father got his director's guild card. So now he's in the guild. 30, 80, well, how many years later? I'm now 90, of course. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the script and we're like, we're going we're gonna to make this movie. We're going to redo it because it's actually a film about... Uh, post-traumatic stress and and war and it's completely relevant today so my team gets together they rewrite the script they put it together I go back to Roger's team I go to Julie his wife I talk to her about it I say this script was in your possession it says possessions uh, of Roger Corman I want I want you know the uh, the rights to be able to rewrite it and to produce this film and it possibly would you like to make it with me she goes you have the rights to redo it you have the rights to it do whatever you want to do so we re- rewrite it we have complete you know control over it it's a new script it's revamped so I actually have the chance and I went back to Julie and I said would you like to do this and she said we're not gonna we can't do this script right now but we love what you've done we support you it's your project we give it to you we don't, we're giving over all rights to it. It's your mom's script. It's yours. Do whatever you want. Your dad got his director's guilt <laughs> credit from it. So I had the chance to tell Roger at that table this story with my dad sitting there. And my dad had to be, was able to say, yes, this really happened. It was the most amazing full circle any moment of my life. Wow, that's so cool. So when Momentum. when are you planning on, on, on shooting this film? Is this, this happening huge, now? No, or like, this is a huge film. Give me yes, the timeline. We're, yes, we're shooting this film. We're doing this film. It's going to be, we're, in, we're actually in pre, we're raising money for it. We're going to shoot it either in. This is so awesome. No, it's amazing. My, you know, it's all in the family. If you need a script supervisor, uh, <laughs> you certainly have my email. <laughs> I mean, you have my, you have my I, phone number. I totally kept you in that story. You were like, like captivated with that story, weren't you? I, I, very captivated. Of course, story. I was very, yeah. Of course, it was a good to say <laughs> Well, this has been so much fun because I definitely want to have you back on the show after sure? uh, some of these films are, are made sure? but is there, I absolutely I, I insist oh. <laughs>
Wow. You are just a delight. Oh, you are a delight. That's the nice way of putting no, it. I fell in love with you the first time I ever met you. So I'm just honored to be here. I, I, I mean that. I mean that. Oh, well, thank you so much. my heart. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to have you on the show. I'm so glad that you agreed. This is, I am so excited to put this out there. I was just afraid I would have too much to say. Yeah, I, Apparently. I think you didn't have enough to say. <laughs> Yeah, we're coming in on almost an hour and a half. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, this is long so enough sorry. to be a feature. Can we, can we get some funding? <laughs> That's the next film. That's the third project you're working on. You're like, uh, hey, Roger. Hey, yeah. I got a film that's not really a film. Are you on board? Would you have lunch with me at the smokehouse? He's like, well, Leslie, I'd be honored. 